Well, welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church, and today I am joined by Allison Oconee, our community care pastor. We have Michael Solis, our children's director, and Cliff Tatama, our interim pastor and uh, our speaker from this Sunday. So, what was that? I don't know. Never it's mind. a giggly just Oh, <laughs> just giggly it. this morning, this just afternoon? Okay. Ready to go. Loosening up. Loosening up. Well, um, let's hop right into it. We had our last week of the series Priorities. Go Ye was the title um, that you had sent me, Cliff. And this was uh, the second of the ones that you were just super, super excited to talk about um, and that you had mentioned pretty early on when you started working here at Arbor. So I'll ask this. Go was it, it everything that you thought it would be? <laughs> was it just like, oh my gosh, I, I'm just, it was yesterday just a victory lap after, after church. Like, I've done it. I finished this, <laughs> this sermon I've been working on for so it's a long. visual, oh, right? My there. goodness. My goodness. <laughs> Ah, you know what? It's interesting because I was very excited about it. Thursday, I thought, this isn't anything nearly as good as I thought it was going to be. And then I had some changes that I, and I, and you know, because I actually, you know, I finally got something out to you, I think, Friday night. And uh, and then I felt, then I was kind of excited about it again. But, um, you know, I, I guess that's just the metamorphosis it goes through sometimes. Yeah, yeah. well... This morning when I was checking my email, I saw that someone on YouTube said, amazing. Oh, wow. On second, wow. on the second service uh, oh, YouTube video. Awesome. So um, we don't typically get a lot of comments after the live stream. We have, we have our devoted people that watch, but in terms of people that like watch it, you know, Sunday evening, Monday morning, whatever... We still get people, obviously, but we don't get as many people, and we definitely don't get a lot of people that comment. So I imagine there's a lot of people that watch and then just, you know. That's that really was great. Cool. They said that to themselves, but someone said amazing. So made an impact on at least one person. I love it. Well, yeah. you know what they say about the metrics. You're supposed to take that one and multiply it. There's a multiplier that yeah, you put I in. A, I think in this I case think it's, it's by a hundred. Oh, a thousand. A thousand. Yeah. A thousand I knew it was something yeah. like. It just how optimistic you are. <laughs> Well, congratulations to Arbor Church on that. Though. Yeah, that's for awesome. Sure. Do we have that fifty dollars gift card for that yes, person yes, as well? Whoever that yeah. was. I, I told her five views. I mean, I right. I legally cannot disclose if okay, we pay cool. for views on <laughs> on oh, who shit. who wrote that. Yeah, oh, it's it was funny. me. No, Most just... video creators make people pay to watch their videos. We actually pay people to watch, to watch our ours. videos on YouTube. There you go. It was amazing. Yeah, amazing. Well, amazing. well, Cliff, you're the one that that spoke about. Um, are you the one that spoke yesterday? So I want to ask you, do you want to spend some time talking about Go Ye, or would you like to maybe take a few steps back and just look at priorities as a whole, how that sermon series went? Um, what are you feeling this more, this afternoon? Sure. Sure. Okay. Well, yeah. I know that Whichever. Mike... <laughs> Whichever. I, Whichever. You know, I think we talked a little bit about this series as a whole yeah. um, last week, mm -hmm. so... Um, I think that you know I, I mentioned in the in the service there are so many things that we could key on in priorities, but I think I feel like for only being able to pick four, we picked four ones that are really foundational. Yeah, you know, having God first, the fact that that our battle is actually a spiritual battle, and we're 
in one, whether we like it or not, what our role is as far as investing our lives and everything we have for God, and then um, completing it with how do we do that by making disciples. So I think, to me, I felt pretty good about those four together. So if that covers the series, then, you know, we can talk about all kinds of other priorities that are helpful. But to me, we really hit the four major pillars that are important for us as believers. Yeah. Um, we obviously bookended this series with one that you were super excited about in God First and then the one that you were also super excited about in Go Ye. And I assume that you generated a lot of excitement on those middle two messages. Um, but was this a sermon that you you knew that you wanted to do? Was it one that uh, you were just ready to get started by the end of last week's one job? Or was it one of those things where you'd been sitting with it and you're like, oh man, this is, <laughs> I got I to gotta put in the work on this one because, you know, I like it so much and I, I really want to spend some time with it. It turned out the second way. It started out the first way. I think any pastor who's been a pastor for any length of time has, has preached on Matthew 28, 18 to 20 at some time or another. Or if you haven't, you've really you've missed the Great Commission, so you're in trouble. And so I, I, I started with a basic idea of something that I thought I thought was pretty good before. And, and, uh, and that's where I started from. And then kind of, it just kind of evolved from there into something a little more and a little different. Um, I had actually, the last time I taught that, I don't even remember when it was, it's been a while. That story that I started with, I actually ended with, uh, at that time. And as I was reworking it and relooking at it, and I had uh, run across that deal This is the 9-11 one? Yeah, the 9-11 okay. story. Yeah, the 9-11 story. I had ended it with that before as a great example. And then, and then I ran across that Billy Graham deal, and I went, oh, are you kidding me? Somehow this has got to fit because it so fits what we need to be about. And that, was, that caused some rearranging and everything else, and, and I think kind of helped those, those two stories of examples to, to, put, to sandwich around the actual scripture was really helpful for me and a call to action for us, I think. So. Yeah. Well, at Arbor, uh, making disciples has always been our heartbeat. I mean, it is the, you know. Tagline. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> together. Together. <laughs> dot, right. Dot, 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 dot. Together. <laughs> making the disciples. But it's funny because there's been a, a disagreement on how that looks. Uh, is it to convert, like to to share share faith in Christ with somebody for the first time and see that life change? Or is it something that happens over time, like as somebody's being uh, matured in the faith and, and discipled? So anyhow, we decided, yes, both and. Yeah. <laughs> it's both of those. Yes. Helping yeah. people find and follow Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah, this... This message is foundational here at Arbor. Great. That's cool. Yeah. But I feel like it's something that we've got to hit over and over to re uh, remind that this is the the course, this is the calling of our church, and this is the calling of our lives. Yeah. You know. In in the mission statement that we've all come back to and agreed upon, uh, adding the people helping people mm-hmm. find and follow Jesus. I love that. Because it means we're doing it in community and we're doing it with each other. And where we, where we begin, whether it's sharing the gospel or whether it's 
they're, they're a pre-believer or whatever, you just begin to assume that relationally we're going to continue in this. And the people part is a good reminder for the people, right? It's not yeah. a program, so it's not like you bring unsaved people or pre-believers to a church and there's a program that you synthesize them through. It's like, no, actually, like, it's us together as humans loving one another and helping others find and follow Jesus. So yes. it's people. Yeah. So yeah. anyhow. And so much not, because reminder. what you just said, Allison, about... You know, I think in a lot of places, they'll have a discipleship program. Mm -hmm. Oh, now we're going to get them and put them in the discipleship program. The funnel. The funnel. But that's not the way Jesus did it. Right. He did it. It was very much as you go. As you go. Yeah. And life on life, yes. right? How yes. he walked with them and yep. did life with them. Yeah. Developing. Yeah. And Cliff, you, you talked about people groups in, in a way that I hadn't really heard of before where you're, you talk, you gave examples of, you know, maybe your moms or maybe your, you know, you, I think you used Pete as an example. Yeah. Uh, like police officers. You know, I, I was thinking about even as when I was bartending at one point in time, people would come and sit on the bar top and I would open up with a question with people who were, you know, oftentimes regulars. So what do you think love is? And here we are talking about foundational to scripture conversations, but at a bar top, like a specific people group right? that you wouldn't normally classify as a people group. I thought that was really cool what you did there. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's what, when, when we see it that way, then we can actually begin to believe we can change nations yep. because the nations as a people group, you go, oh, well, I'm already there. I'm not having to see it as I've got to change the United States or Mexico. No, I just got to talk to these people who I already connect with yeah. and where I'm already at. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny to think I was just substituting in my mind instead of people helping people find and follow Jesus. I was thinking bartenders helping barflies <laughs> find and follow Jesus, you know, like Microsofters helping Microsofters yeah. find and follow Jesus. Like yeah. just kind of subbing in the different names, moms helping moms yeah. find and follow Jesus. Right. So He's just loving people where they're at. Yeah. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. And really, I mean, you think about something like prisoners for Christ, that's what they're doing. It's mm -hmm. prisoners helping prisoners mm -hmm. find yeah. and follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Something that just kind of popped into my brain as you guys were talking about that. You, Allison had used the example moms helping moms or, or uh, prisoners for Christ helping prisoners, you know. And this, can, this might be just completely off topic, but it's coming to me, so I'm going to ask it anyways. How, how do we adjust or how do we fix things? Because I think one of the issues that you see in the modern church, right, is the silo or click, right? You know, of course we want like-minded people to get together because a lot of times that's the fastest way for relationships to grow. But how do you, at a church that we intentionally want to be multi-generational and, and different interest groups and, you know, ex whatever. We want diversity amongst thought, color, everything. How, how do we do that in a church when you do have the the quick reaction to to look at someone and say I'm a mom you're a mom let's help each other out right but how do, how does someone like I don't know someone like myself a, a married guy with no kids how do I you know help a family how do we kind of break down this this quick connection 
and make it more, you know, full body? I love that question. That is so <laughs> exciting to think through. I would think, I mean, what what defines us as relatable to one another isn't always that outward role, like just because I'm a mom or yeah. a woman or a woman of a certain advanced age or whatever I am. Yeah. That's not the thing that actually connects me to people. Mm-hmm. I From outward appearance, maybe. Yeah. But maybe it's that, like, I've walked in grieving places, mm-hmm. like through yeah. the valley of the shadow of death, and I can help you also walk through that. Like, that's something that... I can relate to, um, or I, I don't know. I, I wonder how many other definers there are that relate us to one another, but it's not those outward things. It's more like I've been new before. I know what it's like to be new. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been marginalized. I know what it's like to be marginalized. Like there's things that relate us to one another as humans that help us speak each other's language and, Mm -hmm. um, stuff it's not always just those outward yeah identifiers yeah and i think for someone like yourself hayden if you're asking the question you're you're saying well what about me mm-hmm. i think the word intentionality yeah is helpful because so i would say so so it's like this you hang around musicians you hang around <laughs> creative people yeah. and and that's who you naturally are uh naturally are have an affinity for yeah so then the question is how how do you handle the intentionality of that yeah so now you can say i want to intentionally try and build into their lives i want to intentionally try and see them get closer with christ themselves or begin to disciple somebody else because i i know that they're able to do that and so that to me is when you're getting involved in the great commission you know yeah. I, had a, I had a guy come to me and say uh, a few years back and he's Big motorcycle rider. I mean, this guy rides everywhere, and he's hardcore. I mean, he's an older guy, but you'd never – I mean, he's hardcore. And he said, I want to do a motorcycle group. And he said, that's my group to be able to – my people group to be able to reach out to. And I know a number of banditos and other people like that, and I'd like to connect to those guys and and reach out to them. I said, that's awesome. And he said, well, what what do I got to do to do that? And I said, you got to be intentional. And by intentional, it means this. You're not just riding and saying, how are you guys doing? You're thinking about – how are we going to get people to connect? How are we going to get people? And so he put together a deal with people who wanted to ride. We're going to, we're going to stop and, and eat a burger here at XYZ Place. And now he throws out on the table uh, three questions for everybody to just talk about. That begins to get that going. You know, so that's, I think, I think how do, Lord, how do we be intentional mm-hmm. with where we're at in the discussions that we're already going to have to just direct them toward you? That's, that's a great answer, and, and I feel like it, you, you started talking a little bit. Of, you used the word connect, and you used an illustration of questions as well. And I think that's, for me, key when it comes to connecting with people is to intentionally be thinking about things you can talk with them about, asking questions, whether it's in a group setting or in an individual setting where you know it's just one-on-one, it's moms or it's soccer dads or it's like whatever situation you're in i think i think a, a big key of what you talked about in the message and not being if you will there there's there i think i'm i'm adding to this a little bit here but taking your thinking off of yourself and really thinking of serving someone else even in connecting with them is huge yeah yeah so. Yeah, that was a, a you know for it, it, from the message that was one that a thought that really tickled me because 
you know, here I'm studying this power and authority that, that Christ has got. And then I thought, and I, when, I'm, when I'm teaching, I usually prefer to focus on why you do something or how and mm-hmm. not, not try to make them 50-50 uh, just because our minds are easier to grasp that. And uh, so if I'm going to spend any time on the opposite one of I'm doing, example, if I'm talking about how, I may just spend 90 seconds or two minutes on why, but then the rest of the message is on how, and, and otherwise a lot of times it's converse. But I, I, I just was thinking as I was going through the message on Thursday, I thought, what, am I, what questions am I asking if I'm sitting in the audience listening to this? And the question I came up with was, how do I do this? You know, okay, you're telling me I've got all this authority and power that Christ has given me. Yep. How do I apply that? And I thought, oh, I should, I should answer that question. And then when I thought, I thought, okay, where's an example of that in Scripture, right? And then when I looked to John, uh, to Jesus, and, and I just went, oh, my gosh, it's the same word that John uses to describe his authority that Jesus uses in, in Matthew when he's saying, all power, all authority is given to me. John says that, and Jesus, knowing all authority in heaven was given to him, he did this anyway. And I thought, oh, wow, what an incredible link in that he is choosing to serve with that authority and with that power, that that's the way he's going to demonstrate it. What if if every believer started thinking that way? Hmm. It would change the public perception of what Christians are about. Yeah. And maybe I'd start with myself. <laughs> if I could start thinking that way more consistently. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Maybe maybe uh, being involved in, in church all of my life has given me a, a false idea of what the general masses know in terms of Scripture, but I think about the Great Commission, right? And it's it's one of those things. If you've been in the church very long, you've heard a number of times. So my question for you, Cliff is, was there a challenge when you were putting this together of how do I tell this message in a way that has not been told a hundred times before, or, or at least something makes sense for Arbor or just the day and age? Yeah. I, I couldn't get past the beginning and the end that I had to choose not to get spend too much time on the middle. And what I mean is the, the beginning where Jesus says, all authority, all power has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and make disciples. And the end where he says, and lo, I am with you always. Uh, so I, I had to choose because of our time constraints not to focus on the middle part of that. And the power and authority and the fact that we could go without fear because of that I just felt that's so important for us to get because why do most people not do it? They don't do it because they're afraid to do it. They're afraid they don't have the authority or they don't have the ability or of all the different things that can come against them. And so to me, to to really clear that up and then to to say, and by the way, he's always going to be with you. He's always going to be with you. Uh, uh, um, Brian actually came up to me right before the service and said, hey, when you talk about the baptism part of that, can you remember to talk about the fact that we're going to do baptisms on the 27th? <laughs> what a plugger. And I said, uh, yeah, he said, yeah, shameless plugging. And, uh, and I went, oh, wow, I'm really not planning on talking about that, except when I read it in the scripture. 
But yeah, yeah. I'll make a point of, of doing a shout out to that. Mm. But, and then I realized because I couldn't, you can't do it all and do it effectively. I don't think so. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I, it was, what's the different take on that? And I thought if we just focus on what he's made available to us, yeah, you know, I think we could do a whole message on just the idea of that authority. And I still don't think we get it all. That's one of the things I pray about all the time. Lord, what am I missing in operating under the authority that you've given me? You know, yeah. in the example that we talked about with, with Pete and as oh, a police officer. Oh, I love officer, that. You know? I love that. Yeah. I also love that you talked about um, you could uh, claim Cliff Day and give everybody the day off of work and proclaim that. Yeah. And then <laughs> I liked how you asked the crowd, like, how many of you would still take it off if only I were the one to proclaim it? Of course, everybody <laughs> wants a day off. Yeah. So they raised their hand. But you were saying it, it's, it doesn't count. The, the authority of just saying something or doing something doesn't, doesn't matter. matter unless you have the authority. So, like, if the president and Congress decided that it was cliff day and everybody got the day off work, yeah. then it actually works. Like, then it... It sticks. Yes. But yeah. it could just be you right, mm-hmm. chatting up something silly and it yeah. doesn't really matter. Yeah. So are you going to also tell people where they can go and sign the petition? For oh, the right, right, right. Yeah, okay. Change.org. Yeah. You can find that on the that link below this sure. website. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, noticed, I noticed in the second service, the only person to raise their hand was my wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, babe. You'll at least Cliff take day. the time off yeah. for Cliff Day. What a supporter. <laughs> he won't be able to find her anywhere. <laughs> she was supporting me. That's awesome. Right. Um, and then by the same token, it was Pete. You know, when you wear an officer uniform and you tell traffic to stop, like they, they always stay there with such authority or, you know, hey, mm-hmm. drop your weapon or whatever they tell you, you're going to do yeah. it um, versus any other, right. you know, bozo going out there and trying to do the same and just getting run over or right. ignored. Yes. I, I will yeah. say when I was at the SeaTac airport not too long ago, there was a cop who was on a Segway that stopped my car because he was letting a bus in. And I looked him out on the Segway, and I was like, if you were on, a, should I if you were on anything else, me. you'd have a little bit more authority in my book, but I think I could probably take the Segway with my truck. So. It's not working for you? Yeah, I saw the Segway, and I'm like, oh, this looks a little goofy, man. Maybe maybe just walk next time. Um, <laughs> a horse. Yeah, or a horse. A horse demands a lot of respect. I think. Dude, yeah. those police on bicycles, yeah. they command respect for me. Oh, really? They know how to work those things, man. Yeah. My car would not not stand up against it, I'm sure. Um, uh, so I'm going to go back just a, a little bit in our conversation. And Cliff, you had said that a lot of people don't follow the Great Commission because of, of fear, right? Yes. And I think about um, my reaction to it. And for me, I, I don't think about it uh, necessarily out of I'm afraid to go do that, right? For whatever reason. My hesitation with it at times or why maybe I'm... I don't know, not as responsible with what God has given us to go do is is more out of the feeling of I feel like so many people have heard about Jesus, right? I, th- I think that we live in a culture, in a world that has been very saturated by the, the Christian church. And I think the, the hardest thing for me is I'm not going to necessarily go out there and, and, and tell everybody about Jesus because I think a lot of people have heard about it, heard about Jesus, but kind of where I sit is, has everyone seen Jesus, right? Have they seen Jesus through the actions of his followers or the compassion, the love? And 
And even a step further, have they, have they felt the love of Jesus, right? And I think that that's the challenge for me is, you know, what does the Great Commission look like today? Because yeah. maybe back when it was written, there was a lot of people that didn't know about Jesus and they hadn't heard about Jesus, and, and that made sense. So I'm curious for, for Allison and Michael, when, when you think about times in your life that you haven't really lived, let's call it, you know, a commissioned life, what has been the, the thing that has held you back or, or made you hesitant about it? <laughs> Don't all the people out there that love now. that this podcast isn't scripted, this is what happens. No, I, I think I'm going to go first because yeah. what if I wait and Michael takes my answer? Then oh, what would I say, right? Yeah, yeah. Or I guess I could just say same, same. You could, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, well... On a risk. So I will say that I like what you said about um, assuming that most people have heard about Christ, but the challenge is showing Christ, right? So you think, before my words speak, is my life aligned with Mm. what I'm about to say? Mm. Like, if I'm going to say following Christ is like the most life changing. Love changing, heart changing experience you can have. Um, I'm going to trust that my friend is going to look back at me, yeah, and say, "Oh, really?" <laughs> like, yeah. Or you know that there's some period of self examination yeah. where if I say to know Christ is to know peace, then they say, "Is that your experience?" Mm. And I need it to be a yes, right? Or if I say to know Christ is to know unconditional love and they say, is that true for you? I mean, I, I just need to have my life aligned in such a way that I would be a resounding yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Sometimes it's tricky or sometimes Mm -hmm. I falter, but like overwhelmingly. Yeah. Yes. But I think in times where I have not felt that, that I could answer in such a way, yeah. I think that's when I'm quiet. But I think I also see in you humility, right? And knowing that I'm Allison and I follow Jesus, right? So even if I right. don't do all of those things as well as Jesus, you know, I have the humility to admit I have not done that well in the past or right. I've had moments of it, but right. that's what I'm striving for. Mm-hmm. Right, or when I fear or when I doubt, he like makes up the difference and like mm-hmm. brings me through that yeah. um, and builds my faith. So, yeah, I mean, there's a huge story that goes along with each believer, but I think to share your faith, you're, you're asking the person in a way to examine your own yeah. life. Mm-hmm. So I that, love, that would be my answer. I love what you said. Cause you're really talking about integrity, right? With what you're saying and how you're living um, it, what's, what's fascinating about what your, what your question here, yesterday after leaving church, my son Lincoln, who, um, you know, after we're doing this, the worship songs, he started asking both myself and my wife, Hallie, um, how is grace enough? Because one of the songs was, your grace is enough. He's like, well, what about the fruits of the Spirit? Don't you need those too? <laughs> wow, what a great question for a seven-year-old. I know, and I'm like, buddy, this is such yeah. a good conversation. <laughs> and uh, it's like, you know, why is grace enough? I mean, is it just grace? I mean, and so we, we started talking about, well, what about the thief on the cross? You know, that was grace, and that got him through. 
And then we started talking about the concept of there's really nothing you can do, even though you want to live a life of integrity, you want to be an example, really bringing it back to um, we live uh, we we are sinners saved by grace, and so because of that, we have to look to Jesus. He is our our savior, literally. In all of this conversation, it's like I want to be an example of a good follower of Christ to, to to eventually have God look at me and say, "Well done, and good and faithful servant." Yeah. But at the same time, I also recognize. I don't even get a shot at the conversation if it's not for Jesus. For sure. And this is why I want to be able to communicate what we're talking about here. Uh, You're not looking at me as someone who's perfect, but you're looking at me as someone who wants to share just this freedom of having a relationship with someone who can help more freedom with you as well. Can, Can I take a shot at answering that too, Hayden? You already did. Sorry, you're <laughs> your time's up. Yeah, no, you're good. That's what I Go thought. I, you did that on I, Sunday. I, no, okay? I've got 25 seconds. I can see that yet. You preached for 30 <laughs> minutes on Sunday. No more. Okay. <laughs> no, go for it. Uh, okay. I, well, first off, I I'm not sure I agree with your analysis. Ooh. Okay. Because what you said is, I think everybody's heard about it, and I think that's not true. No, it's yeah, it's definitely a uh, an absolute that's incorrect. On well, you know, and I don't mean it, I don't mean it to be picky, but we are in mm-hmm. a post-Christian society yeah. anymore, which actually means that the majority of the people have not. In fact, I think the majority of people out there, even mm-hmm. a lot of churchgoers, have never really heard the true salvation story. For the sure, true, yeah. the, that it's really it is by grace and grace alone, mm-hmm. and and I think what they've heard is varying stories of that. Yeah, and I think there are. You're right. There are a boatload of people out there who think they know what Christianity exactly. is about, but really do not have a clue. Nope. And uh, but then I would just jump right onto what Allison was saying is in in this that, but people don't care how much you mm-hmm. know, if they don't know how much you care. And that's where it comes back down to what Jesus did to demonstrate the yeah. care, right? Serving people. So that opens the door for the conversations that you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And it's not, and then it doesn't reflect on you so much on, uh, do you meet the standard? Well, no, yeah. I, I actually, I don't meet the standard I'd like to. And that's one of the awesome things about Jesus yeah. is I, I have the privilege of having that relationship with him without doing even what I want to do yet, you know? Yeah. So um, anyway, yeah, I think, but it is demonstrate care for them that opens a door to be able to share with them. Yeah. I mean, it's just an example of what you're saying about people have heard some speak. Yeah. What, Allison? Sorry, that we used to call earning the right to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So what what you were saying about, um, you know, people have heard things that maybe may aren't maybe not be true or um it's not the full understanding of who Jesus is and, and what he is. And I think about that is just so much our faith journey, right? Of a lot of people have read a lot of scripture, right? And then as their understanding and their relationship with Jesus gets deeper, they start to learn so much more about Jesus from a book that's always been here, right? And there's there's nothing new added to the Bible except for what changes in us, right? And what Jesus changes in us. So um, I totally agree. I misspoke. I used an absolute. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a hard time. Take a point off my scoreboard. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great, Hayden. Here's, I think, I think this is the thing that 
is so important for that my heart would be for every person at Arbor and that we as a body of believers would really exemplify the fact that that I, uh, Hayden, I think if we did a, a poll and asked people mm-hmm. what's the first thing they think about when they think of Christians, they would tell you that they're the people who tell you what they're against. <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah. And and it is my heart that that man at Arbor and it and it we would be believers that people would be no that are more concerned about what we are for. Yeah. Than what we're against, and mm-hmm. and we've made that statement here. Yeah. You know, uh, which is we want to be a church for the hurting, yeah. which means we're about what we're for, mm-hmm. not about all the things that we're against, you know? Yeah. So anyway, now That's I good. know I have gone over my time. <laughs> How dare you? Take um, away a point from you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now you're Where's the scoreboard? Give, I need to do give, some, my, yeah. give my point to Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> we are, uh, we're getting close to needing to wrap up, but I know that Michael has prepared some some questions. Oh no, we're good. Well, I think no, no, no. We still have a, like another eight minutes before we should really be done. So, so I was just transitioning to Michael's corner. It's so funny. Yes, I, I did take. We, we we touched on quite a bit of it already with what we've talked about. Um, gosh, I you know we we talk about being um, we talk about being a people helping people find and follow Jesus and being a church for the hurting, you know? And so this question really, really speaks to that. And that is, what would you say to folks who feel as though they have stepped out in obedience, but have been hurt by others in that obedience? I know you talked at one point about God said, there will be tribulation, but take heart. But uh, what what, what else would you say to that? (laughs) That was actually what I was going to say. Same, same. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Expect it. Yeah. Expect it. Uh, don't relish it because we no, none of us do, but it, it, it can happen. It's just, but, but I, you know, I remember sharing the, 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 with a friend of mine who was not a believer, and I didn't know how to talk to this guy. And finally, I just thought, I'm just going to be honest with him. And so I just told him, I said, I got to be honest with you. I don't even know how to talk to you about this, but I feel it's so important that I do that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just risk this and hope that you don't get mad at me for sharing this with you because you mean too much for me to not. Hmm. And I'd be upset at myself if mm-hmm. I didn't share this with you and then later found out that it's because of my negligence that, and he said, well, goodness gracious, just tell me what you're thinking, you know? <laughs> and uh, so I shared the gospel with him. Mm. And he essentially told me, uh, you know, I appreciate you saying that. And I really appreciate you kind of letting me know that you were uncomfortable doing it and all. But um, it's just not my time. I'm not ready for that kind of stuff yet. And uh, when it is, I'll come to you and talk to you about that. And uh, so, you know, I mean, I was disappointed he didn't say yes or anything. But I was so relieved I'd shared it. I was much more relieved Two months later, when he was di- when he was killed in a car wreck, wow. That I thought if I had not shared that, I mean, I felt bad enough as it was. Do you feel like the Lord compelled you at that time yes. in a different way than you had felt compelled to share with him before? Because you had known him for you yeah. didn't know him just two months before the car accident, Correct. right? Correct. So then there would have been something put on, like that you felt like. Dude, now's the time for you to share. Whether or not he's ready, 
yeah. you were you felt compelled to share. Yes. And then yeah, I felt it. I'll call it a sense of urgency. Yeah. I need to share this, and I was yeah. so sweating it because I thought I like this guy, I get along with him, and uh, I didn't want to strain the relationship. Right. But I just felt like I needed to, and I just thought after I did that, I thought. What an easy thing just to be honest with people that I'm really uncomfortable doing this, but would you let me anyway? Right. And I think most people would go, go for it, man. It's okay. Or, or woman. What's on your heart? Yeah. yeah. Well, I like just hearing, I feel like that is a component that we should keep in mind as Christ followers when we want to share the gospel or the good news with people who are unaware. Mm-hmm. And to tap into the Holy Spirit and ask for the the good prompting, the good words, the good timing, the like, is this the right time? Because I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe foolishly stumbling into all of it too has a certain appeal. You know, like, hey, I don't even know what I'm. I just, I just kind of felt like picking up the phone right now for whatever reason and sharing this out of the blue. But I, I also feel like the Holy Spirit nudges us and pushes us in a certain direction at a certain time for a certain reason. Yes. And it doesn't surprise me at all that two months before this car accident, the Holy Spirit would have said, Cliff, go. Right. Go. Which also says, if we're asking him and he does it, we really need to pay attention to be obedient. Oh, well, anyone who's been disobedient to the Holy Spirit before knows they never want to do that again. Yeah. I, I, that is what causes me a lack of sleep at night is when I've been disobedient. Yeah. So I did, like did that. Did you want to share those times with us? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'll be follow-up follow up follow for up. another time. Follow-up to the follow-up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we got time, Allison. Just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, yeah, no. I could share one, but I won't. <laughs> Would you, though? <laughs> Just oh, man. Okay, okay. All right, here 20 we go. 20 years ago, 20 years ago, there was a disabled woman at my old church and she had a housekeeping need arise Mm. she had had like a health incident crisis thing i felt compelled to go clean her house Mm. and i did not do it i came up with all these excuses in my head why i was not the person for that job and i i disobeyed and i i still remember how that felt and i felt like i will never do that again when the Holy Spirit prompts me to go and do something. Yeah. I'm going to say yes because I did mm. not like how that felt afterwards. Mm, yeah. Mm. yeah. So. That's good. Oh, I hated that feeling. Mm. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. So there's a mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Uh, All right. Well, we are oh, Don't yeah. let don't end on that. Well, thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Well, bumper for next Sunday. Yeah. Father's Day. Father's Day. Yeah, we can we can transition here. Yeah, we hit. We're at the forty minute mark. We have wrapped up the series priorities, and next week, what are we starting? Anybody want to announce it? Father's well, Day. Father's, yeah, Brian's yeah. doing a one off. Yeah, we're doing a one off yeah. this week. Yeah, we're gonna do a one off, and then we're gonna have a new series that will go through the whole summer, right? Ish. First, Ish. we're going to be doing Jan Day, which she won't <laughs> let me right. call Jan Day. Yeah. But it's um, honoring Jan Rogers as she steps off the elder board. Yep. She was our first woman elder here, which is a very big deal because, yeah. you know, we were new and so was she. Yeah. But um, 
she's moving out of state, so we're going to honor her. We're also going to be doing baptisms, yep. and so that is Jan, uh, June twenty seventh. Yeah, and the week after that's the Fourth of July, Independence Day. Yeah, and yes. that's when we start our new series. So, yeah. so cool. So whoever wants to plug that. <laughs> A summer with Jesus. A summer, summer with Jesus. Jesus. The summer of yeah. love. Yeah. And Did why are we calling Richard. it a summer with Jesus? Anybody? We couldn't it'll... think of anything we would rather do this summer. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. like let's just be with him and learn yeah. more about him and grow and learn all the facets of mm-hmm. how amazing he is. And yeah. so, yeah. And it'll be summertime. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> with better together. than a spring with Jesus or a winter with Jesus or, yeah. or an autumn next. with Jesus falling yeah. for Jesus falling for Aye. maybe there we you put a hold on <laughs> summer with Jesus Ooh, that could be yeah. that could be that could be the next series oh man summer with chilling Jesus with Jesus in the winter it'll be a whole year with yeah. Jesus really is what it'll, <laughs> it's awesome but uh, part of the reason why we went with that series was. We've spent a lot of time in a lot of different areas, like letters to a young church, which is a lot of Paul writings. We've been, um, priorities has kind of been over the whole Bible, kind of what we had Joshua, we had Job, we had uh, Matthew. Matthew, yeah. And we thought, I think all of us got really excited of what if we just focused on the teachings and who Jesus was for a summer. And I think all of us were just like, that sounds really good. Not that there's anything wrong with the Old Testament or Paul or anything like that. It was just, it would be kind of cool to just talk about Jesus for a summer versus uh, anything else. So, yeah. So I hope that that just gets you guys excited for July 4th, because that's the only big thing happening that day is we're starting that series. (laughs) So make sure you're here. Um, All right. Well, is that sufficient, Allison? Have I moved on past your story? Yes, I think we've forgotten about my disobedience by now. So thank you for covering that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And bringing it no, back Yeah, I don't think people can remember that story about your disobedience. <laughs> all right, spirit. all right. <laughs> <laughs> so we can wrap it up and close here. Um, great job, guys. Yeah, think, Michael, thank you for your question. I love how prepared you come to these things with questions written out. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> you, you bet. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for listening and watching the follow-up podcast, and we will see you guys next week.